Hello, brothers and sisters of the Eagle Mountain, Utah East Stake. This is Brother Zulo from the Stake Sunday School Presidency back for episode 11 of the podcast. We haven't been canceled yet. I guess the only one that can cancel us is, is myself or our President McMurtry. He could cancel us, but he hasn't yet. So we're grateful to be with you tonight. We're so excited. We have an amazing guest. We got someone very famous in our stake here tonight. So I'll, I'll introduce our guests later on. First, I want to let everybody know that this podcast does not represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So with me tonight, we have my whole presidency. Let's let them introduce themselves. Hi, this is Brother Gale. Hello, this is Brother Mansell. Uh, Brother Shepard. Thanks, gentlemen. Good to be with you. Now, I would like to have our guests introduce themselves. Tonight, we have with us President Davis, newly called member of our stake presidency, and his amazing wife, President Davis, Sister Davis, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. We're excited to be here. Yes, we are. Well, we're the Davises. We have four kids. Our oldest is seven. He's excited to get baptized in January and is looking forward to that. And then we have a five-year-old. My wife's going to be helping correct me if I mess it up any of the ages. She's almost six. She will probably <laughs> appreciate it. That's true. Almost <laughs> six. Yeah. He's almost six. And then... Um, four-year-old, and then a one-year-old that if we were at church, he would soon be going to nursery. We've lived here for about almost eight years. We love it here. Okay, that's excellent. Thank you, President Davis and Sister Davis. Uh, we're glad to have you here. And since we do, you know, as a new member of the stake presidency, we'd love to learn just a little more about President Davis. Maybe I'll do some rapid-fire questions if that's okay. Sounds great. All right, first thing, tell us what you do for work. I teach seminary. Two years ago, I taught over at Westlake. And then the last two years, I've, I've taught over at Cedar Valley. And this year, I'll be at Cedar Valley and Rockwell. Where did you serve your mission? I served in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. And I was there. Actually, while I was at the MTC, I left the day before Danny got there um, to go to her mission to Novosibirsk, Russia. And so we didn't know each other at the time, but we were serving missions at about the same time. Uh, next question, BYU or Utah? Oh, BYU all the way. Definitely still love the Utah fans, but but I, I love BYU. I've since been less emotionally invested. I tend to be happier that way, but still love BYU. Smart. And Sister Davis, is your home united? This is an interesting question. Not that I love Utah, but we have a different conversation at our house. It's not BYU-Utah. It's BYU or BYU-Idaho because one of each of us went there. So Nick went to BYU and I went to the Lord's School. So we'll just leave it that. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that answers that question. Yep. Uh, favorite food? Um, my favorite food is probably anything that you can put inside one of those Costco tortillas. The tortilla just seems to make everything better. And so you put anything inside of it and it's amazing. Can you put ice cream in there? <laughs> I haven't tried yet, but that's a great idea. All right. Let me know how that works out. Sister Davis, favorite food? I love lasagna. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm Italian, so I like that answer. Oh, uh, favorite movie? My favorite movie is probably, it'll be more of a classic, but remember the Titans? I really love that, that classic show. Yes, I love it. Sister Davis? I love The New Little Women. I love that movie. I don't usually watch movies more than once, but that one I have watched several times. I've never seen it. Favorite sport? Favorite sport is definitely soccer. I love soccer. I still go play 
consistently and still trying to get Jesse to come and play with me, but like, but it's a great sport. Sister Davis. I just like doing things outside in nature. So hiking, just being out, out of doors is really enjoyable for me. Fantastic. Favorite type of music. I'm not a huge music listener, but, um, I've enjoyed like, I've always thought, I don't know if you've heard Lexi Walker or David Archuleta, but I thought hearing the two of them together would be like just a beautiful duet because they both have beautiful voices. But so anyway, not a huge music, but I do enjoy like Lexi Walker, David Archuleta, anyway, some of them. Sounds good. Sister Davis. I grew up singing in choirs, so I, I love beautiful choir music. Very good. Next one, best vacation. My favorite vacation is, so every year we've gone down to Zion's for a Davis family reunion with my cousins and aunts and uncles, and Memorial Day weekend we've gone down every year, except this this year was the first year in like probably four decades that we haven't been down there, and that is my favorite. I look forward to that every year. Sounds good. Sister Davis. I think that the beach is amazing. Uh, we went up to the Oregon coast a couple years ago, and that was just soul juice for me. It was wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Two more questions for you guys. Who is your hero? Um, I really look up to my dad a lot. And then there was a, a brother that was on my mission in Virginia. He was a leader in one of the wards, and he became just a really significant mentor to me, both while I was out on my mission and um, afterwards. I reached out to him and just... Um, really appreciated him a lot. That's great. Sister Davis, do you have a hero? I have a lot of heroes. And this is going to sound maybe trite, but I really do feel like everyone I meet has an incredible story and incredible things that they're going through and are able to overcome. And so I just really, I'm inspired by people all the time, (laughs) um, all around me. Last one. We would love to know your favorite Book of Mormon story. The story I read the most often in the Book of Mormon is the story of Enos. And I just love Enos's um, change of heart. It doesn't necessarily come in the moment when his dad's speaking to him, but it dwells in his heart. And then at the time when he's ready, he, he changes and experiences the atonement of Jesus Christ and becomes changed. And I just, I really love that story. That's great. I love Enos. Sister Davis, do you have a favorite Book of Mormon story? I really love the story of Alma, Alma the Elder, Alma the Younger, and that family. I'm intrigued by the families in the Book of Mormon. You know, we all read First Nephi a lot. Nephi and Lehi and their family is really interesting to me to look at the family dynamics and how their faith affects each other and how they grow together in their faith as well as individually. I also love that about Alma and what he goes through, uh, what Alma the Younger goes through in his repentance process, and then how he's able to teach his sons and how he is able to relate to the people that he teaches because of his experiences. I draw a lot of strength from that. That is great. Well, let's move on to the main topic for tonight. Come follow me. I think I just want to give you a general question and let the two of you explain how do you do come follow me in your home? That's a great question. To answer the question, I'm just going to give a little bit of backdrop. When um, we introduced Come Follow Me within the ward, 
there was an interesting comment that was made on the fifth Sunday that we talked about it, where a brother in our ward raised his hand and he said, I think the only way you can fail at Come Follow Me is if we do nothing. He's like, if we do something with Come Follow Me, then we succeed. And so that has kind of been a guiding principle for us where not every experience is perfect. In fact, many of them are a struggle, but we keep trying and we keep trying to do something that helps invite the spirit. And in the midst of trying a number of different things, we found some things that help our kids with where they're at and help them to learn the scriptures and fill the spirit. That's excellent. We could end the podcast right now with that quote. You can't fail as long as you're trying. Tell us, when do you do your Come Follow Me lessons? We usually do them as our nightly scripture study during the week. And on Sundays, we try and do it earlier in the day and incorporate it into part of our our family worship time. We've really tried to find things that our, our children naturally gravitate to and then use those in what we're doing. So I know some children really like to act things out or build things, depending on the age of children, and have big discussions, those kind of things. We've found what works best or works often, I should say, for our our family is incorporating music and stories. Our children love stories. They love to listen to stories. They think about them after the fact and they come back to them. And so that's something that we've really tried to employ. We will often uh, read from the Book of Mormon scripture reader, the one with the little pictures and things. Uh, So we'll start off with that so that they understand kind of the storyline behind what we're doing that week. And then throughout the week, we'll just pick simple questions or simple examples and talk about them. Really isn't anything elaborate at our house, but I feel like the consistency that we're trying to bring about is making a difference. One thing that I feel like is helpful is sometimes I like to I like to pull out the pictures that are in the Come Follow Me lesson and use that as a discussion. Or I can ask the kids, what is this story about? And then use it to help illustrate some principles and ask them questions that help them to personalize it. One other thing that we found really helpful, we um, choose a scripture that we want to memorize as a family. And then some nights it's just a more difficult night, right? The kids are ready for bed and the parents are ready for bed and it's just time for people to go to sleep. And (laughs) that becomes a really neat thing that we can do quickly, but it can still be powerful. And it's been interesting to watch our kids grasp onto that. And they've been able to learn these scriptures and have them so that they, they can guide their thinking and their decisions. And they're just simple. Often it's just a little excerpt, even from a verse, but it becomes a lesson or a principle that is really influential for them. My kids are older than yours, but there's been times when we have not had much time in in the night and we'll read a couple verses and have a five-minute discussion, and those are amazing. Let me ask you, about how much time do you spend on average on, on a weekday? And then how much time do you spend on your actual Come Follow Me lesson on Sunday? Each weekday, I would say, is probably no more than 10 minutes. And then on Sundays? On Sundays, we'll do more of a lesson. And also often on family night, we'll use that as our lesson time. So honestly, though, it's only about 15 minutes, 15 to 20. 
I think can drag it out or we can punch hard with the spirit. And I feel like it doesn't take a lot of time to bring the spirit if you're studying from the scriptures and if you're making it a good experience. That's great to hear because I think maybe some families are sitting at home thinking, I bet the stake presidency members are at home doing lessons for two hours with their families and they're just so spiritual and it's perfect and everyone's great. But I wanted to ask you that because you're normal people and 10, 15 minutes and you guys are feeling great about that. Brothers and sisters at home, understand that if you bring the spirit into the lives of your family, it can take a short amount of time or it could take whatever time amount that it takes. Can I share a quick quote, Brother Zillow? I had a conversation with a friend that helped develop my perspective in teaching our children. The dynamics of his family is he had three teenagers at the time and then one child that was about seven. And he said that during his Come Follow Me, he would often just focus on the teenagers, right? And try to quickly brush aside the the younger one because he was like, they could understand more. And then he said the spirit taught him something um, where the spirit reminded him that Satan can't tempt little children. And so he said, perhaps this child may be the most receptive. I thought that was a really powerful thing for me. Not to say that we focus exclusively on any age group, but it was a powerful thing for me to remind me that right now I need to do everything I can and we need to do everything we can to help our children to fill the gospel deeply so they can fill it in their hearts so their testimonies can be founded during this time when they don't have as much opposition as they will in the future or temptation, right? That they can have their testimonies grounded right now. That is a great story. I think there is a temptation that we as parents may get that, hey, when they get older, we'll teach them the gospel. But the way we should think about it is we got to start teaching them from day one. I think sometimes we as adults try to compartmentalize the gospel too much. It's like, this is our come follow me time. This is our rest of the day. But what I have seen in our family over the over time that our children are grasping truth. And truth is real and it goes throughout their whole life. So we talk about something for five or 10 minutes and they think about it. And because they aren't compartmentalizing later on that day or the next day, they'll ask me a question sometimes like, mom, is this like Alma and what we were talking about? Is this what repentance is? How does that relate right here? And it's really neat to see them merge the two and just and try and act according to the principles that they're learning. And that's a great lesson to me that the two aren't separate, that they go together and that they will go together. The Lord helps us teach our children. And so we have the time in Come Follow Me that's direct instruction specific that way, but the Lord helps gospel conversations to come up. He teaches them throughout the day as we put forth our effort too. I just, I know that the Lord wants us to be successful. And so he can help us do that. What's your question, Brother Mansell? I love to hear testimony. I mean, this whole thing is all about come follow me, come follow the Savior. So I just wanted to ask, what does it mean to you to, to follow Christ? I love to read about and learn about my Savior. And I feel like the more that I do that personally, the more my relationship, my understanding, my appreciation for him grows, then I'm better able to teach that to my children. I feel like my personal 
discipleship, uh, my personal devotional habits have direct impact on how I'm able to teach my family. And that's a big responsibility, but it's also helpful. And I know that the Lord wants us to be successful. I know that he wants us to be able to come follow him. And I'm always amazed at the abundant resources he gives us. He gives us every opportunity to be successful in this. Like my husband shared earlier, the only way we can fail is if we're not doing anything. In other words, Every step we take, everything that we are trying to do, the Lord counts. President Nelson told us that the Lord loves effort. And I believe that and I see that in my life. I'm grateful that the Lord acknowledges my effort to teach my children and also to come nearer to Him. And I'm so grateful that He knows my heart and that He knows my intentions and He helps my actions be better and teaches me along the way. Similarly, I think Following the Savior has a lot to do with our heart. Sometimes we get focused on just what we do when I think the Savior looks on the inside. I was reminded of the story of David in the Old Testament where they're trying to determine who the Lord has called. Samuel was inspired to choose David. And when others complain because he's the youngest and therefore the smallest brother because of his age, He points out that the Lord doesn't choose based on the height of his stature. He chooses based on the heart. That gives me a lot of hope because I am not perfect and I struggle with trying to become more like the Savior, but I really want to become like him. And I'm grateful that he allows me room to grow and that his atonement is enough to help me with my imperfections and my struggles. I love Elder Lindsay Robbins shared an idea where he said success is not the absence of failure, but going from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. And it's because of our Savior that we can have enthusiasm even in the midst of imperfections and even in the midst of struggles. One last thought on this question. President Nelson shared, the joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. And I have found that even in the midst of difficult times, the Savior has helped me to experience joy. The storm hasn't always been removed, but he's helped me to experience peace and joy, even when that storm is going on. And that helps me to know of his love for me and of the power that he has, even in the midst of trying times. We love our Savior. And we are so grateful for him and for the invitations and opportunities to become a little bit more like him each day. Thank you for answering that question. I can sense the humility in both of you, and I can also really feel the desire that you have to follow the Savior. Thank you for sharing. Brothers and sisters of the Eagle Mountain, Utah East Stake, we love you. We hope nothing but the best for you. I have felt the spirit tonight. So signing off for... My presidency and for President and Sister Davis, thank you and good night.